Brothers and sisters, this is B with a quick announcement just to let you know we have three podcasts, three great options for you now on different channels over at the My Soul Centered website. You can get them, mysoulcentered.org, the Defiant Spirit podcast, the Money and Soul podcast, and the Soul Centered podcast. Jump over there to learn the differences, to sign up, and we'll see you on whatever podcast you choose. Until then, shalom, salam, namaste, peace. Welcome to the Soul Center Podcast. We are your co-hosts, Master Healer Ariella Halevi and Rabbi Dr. Baruch Halevi. Rabbi B, your healer and guide on the journey of life. In this podcast, we will explore all things spirituality, meaning, and healing. From Kabbalah and the healing of your soul, to shamanic energy work and the healing of your past. From ancient wisdom traditions to guide your spirit, to modern tools to live your life. The Soul Center Podcast will empower you to discover your soul's purpose and inspire you to live a soul-centered life. And don't forget to check out Rabbi B's newest podcast, The Defiant Spirit. You can find it at mysoulcenter.org or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And now, on to our show. So welcome back to another podcast episode of the Soul Centered Podcast. Arielle and I are here excited to share with you today a conversation about generational healing. Um, before we do, you want to just check in on what's going on in the world and in your life? Oh, yes, we do. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Soul Centered. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on in the world. I was just thinking the the world is just very bumpy right now, and we... I was just having a conversation with a client about this and, you know, we go through COVID and we, we think we're through it. And then there's, there's more, there's stuff, there's life and it's a lot right now. And so the way that I've kind of intuited with my clients is right now, there's a lot going on and there will always be a lot going on. And our job, our job is to look within and is to, you know, when you can't do anything else, you have to kind of look within, keep your blinders on, keep going and and find your answers and, and what my client said was she said and you pray and you just keep seeing the light and imagining the light and i just feel like that's all we have control of over right now i keep hearing um finding nemo you probably don't remember i remember watching with the kids and uh, dory just kept saying keep swimming keep swimming <laughs> keep swimming um so yeah. that's definitely one piece of it the other is and as it relates to general generational healing I think of the words of Admiral William Crow, who said, in times like these, you can be sure that there have always been times like these. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as we're recording this, Russia's making war on Ukraine. A lot of innocent people are in harm's way. Uh, it feels unfortunately familiar, even if I haven't, we haven't necessarily been through something quite as explicit as um as well, what led to World War II, and God willing, we won't get there. But, you know, we, we turn to the past. I think we need to turn to the past in order to weather the storms. And I think of roots, you know, trees that are rooted weather the storms. It's the, um, and I don't know much about trees, but I know that the trees with the less um, substantial roots are the ones that get blown over in the wind. And so, you know, during times like these, I think it's important to really look at our roots, which is really the nature of your work, going down into the soil of where we come from, those who have come before us, generation upon generation. You know, you're, as Dr. Wayne Dyer says, you're the sperm that won the race. 
you are the victor, but it's not just the sperm count that you won. It's generation upon generation of survivors. You are born of that winning lineage. Absolutely. And I think it's tempting to look at the flowers and the trees and, you know, looking outside and we have five degree weather and it's so tempting to want to, we want to see the beauty. We want to see those flowers. We want to feel the leaves and we want to see all of that beauty. But the truth is it wouldn't be there if it weren't for the roots. Right. And, and what I've read about trees, because it's so fascinating, you know, this connection between trees and roots and ancestral healing is that the more the wind blows, the more the rain comes, the more the leaves fall and, and the seasons, you know, take, you know, the seasons come and go, the stronger the roots. So you would think it was the opposite, that the roots would start coming up. But I mean, look how amazing it is that if you focus on the roots and you focus on how heavy and strong they are, you become stronger. You, the more we dig deep, the, the stronger that we become, the more our leaves grow, our flowers blossom. But if we just focus on what's here, we don't, we for, we're missing half the beauty of the tree. That's why I'm not a huge fan of traditional psychotherapy, at least in the Freudian um, perspective, because you dig back into the past to find what's wrong. And what about digging back in the past to find what's right, right? Mm -hmm. Can we go back? I mean, partially you do need to deal with family traumas and work through the, the, the generation upon generation of wounds. I mean, I'm sure we'll touch upon that, but you also need to go back into the family. What's the opposite of trauma, light, the resources, resources, the resilience, the, you know, and, and draw upon that and know that that is in us. I'm preparing for a talk that I'm giving on um, history. And there is no Hebrew word in the Bible for history. Mm. It's memory. And a rabbi named Jonathan Sachs says, the difference between history and memory is history is his story, her story, their story. Memory is my story. It happened to me, even if I wasn't there. I am part of that generation that went through it. And right. can I channel that as my story, because it's alive, it's present. Even if it happened then, it's part of me now. Yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting because I work with women that say, well, I don't want to go backwards. I've done that in therapy. And it is very different when you're dealing with generational and ancestral healing. It's this, it's almost like what you said, it's a memory. It's remembering that there are pieces of your DNA whether you like it or not, that are deeply intertwined with your history, with your personal, like your ancestral lineage. There are pieces of you, uh, pieces of you that are so familiar to, to the, the inner workings of your, of your ancestors. And so it, it's not about going backwards to pick apart and pick at a scab, right? Like I, I hate the idea of doing that. But the, the beauty is, Tirsa Firestone says, you know, you can find your well, wise and well ancestors. And, and yes, you do need to go back in time to what I, de what I do is we go back and we, we break up some of those ruptures in order to remember that there's a lot of beauty in, in the ways in which our ancestors lived. And sometimes what happens is that we need to go back so far back because our most recent generations that we remember, 
They are flawed. They are traumatized. We all are traumatized. But sometimes we have to go really far back in time to gather some of those really beautiful ancestors that are our healers, our helpers. You know, when, um, I don't know about you, but I, I intuit that my grandfather who died about 31 years ago, he is a guide, right? And so the goal is to find somebody in your ancestry that is a healed ancestor, that is more of a guide now that can help guide you in this crazy chaotic world. You know, and along those lines, you know, the client that says, I don't want to go backwards. I think you're right to say, you know, you're not going backwards. It's now. But now is you carrying that memory, that energy. Mm -hmm. You are the sum total of that life that came before you and their lives and their lives and their lives. Like we're so sometimes arrogant to think that I'm unique. And, you know, in a way you are. You're your fingerprint unique. You're your soul print unique. But you're also the genetic memory of these people. You're the emotional memory. All of the hope. I mean, think about our kids. The hopes and the dreams and the sacrifice and the sweat and the tears that have gone into them. And they carry that forward and they pass that down, God willing, and so forth. So that's present moment energy. Right. We're not talking about, there is no past. Like, I don't even know what that means. Mm -hmm. Going into the past, where does that go? There's just now, but it's within you. Right. And so it's a different way to think about going into the past. Right. I mean, I think about things that have been, most of the time when we think about things that, that, that have been passed down from generation to generation, we think of the bad things, right? Like I have thyroid issues. My daughter has thyroid issues. My grandmother had thyroid issues. My mother had thyroid issues. I'm sure there's a line of women down my line that have had thyroid issues. So we often do go for those um, genetic markers that we want to we want to get rid of. You know, we things that, that are passed down. The beauty in that, what Baruch is saying, what you're saying is that there is no past or future. There is just now. And the beauty of healing, let's say, thyroid disease from generations of your family, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going, you know, it doesn't mean that my daughter is guaranteed to heal from thyroid disease just because I'm doing the work. However, there's a very large percentage of, of hope that if you do the work of your ancestry, if you heal the energy and emotional baggage and and stuff behind the thyroid disease, then your generations have that better um, percentage of moving past it. Yes, they may also have it, but can they live a life that is more free and healed than you live? I think that's the hope also for all of us is we move backwards in order to move forwards, whether you have children or not, it's for humanity, right? It's that hope that we don't traumatize our kids. We help them heal and move forward. I think about the pandemic. I was just having a discussion with another client that she's terrified of this whole pandemic traumatizing our children and what it will do for generations to come. And, you know, it's there's two ways to look at this. So our obligation is to realize that we are the past, right? We are somebody's God willing ancestor. Mm -hmm. And how we handle this is how they will inherit and handle it. Right. And so, you know, you're, I would say to your client, she's not a victim. She has agency. You don't have to wonder. I can tell you how my kids will handle death. Why? Because we take death head on. My kids are comfortable with death, mm -hmm. talking about it. Because I grew up in a home where there were shadows that were off limits. 
You don't talk about my grandmother's depression. You didn't, when she died, you didn't talk about her suicide, didn't talk about the family's struggles and whatever. And I committed to not living in the dark because I knew what it felt like. I felt disempowered. I felt like a victim. Right. And so, you know, I see a lot of people as an example who tiptoe around death because they don't want their kids to hear. I, we were even with somebody. Oh, I remember who it was. I won't say who it was. Who said, <laughs> don't talk about death. My kid is in the room. Right. Like, oh. what? Like, huh? What like, uh, this is a guarantee. And it doesn't have to be scary. Watch the movie Soul. I just, I'm writing about it right now. The Disney movie Soul. If you, if you want to talk about a new way to think about death. But the point, though, is to take back your power and to realize that you get to effectuate your kids' response and their kids' response and their kids' response to COVID. Right. So you want them to not feel victimized? Then teach them how to be resilient. Right. It reminds me of that movie. I think it was called A Beautiful Life. I'm um, not sure. It, it was, was a Holocaust. Holocaust. Yeah. It was a Holocaust. It was a father who had... His children were in the Holocaust with him son. and he, his son, I, it was so long ago we saw it, but he created, I mean, you know, maybe he's a little in denial, but he created this beautiful reality for his child. And it's not that, you know, I, I, I was talking to somebody yesterday that, and she said, I have made the very best decisions for my child in COVID to make sure that she feels her feelings and notices all the stuff around her but that she's resilient and she's created a world even inside COVID that she can feel powerful in. And really that's the goal is to, and again, if you, if you're sitting here and you have children and you feel anxious because you're not passing down X, Y, and Z, I will ask you to step back from your children and step, step back from humanity and go back inside of yourself so that you can have power you can only change yourself. You have, like Baruch always talks about, responsibility. You have the ability to respond to everything that happens to us. Yes, we're going to be anxious. Yes, we have stuff. But it's the ability to respond to that. Is That's what you're teaching. And you you probably have messed up like us. But the key to, to ancestral healing is to say, I have stuff coming up right now that is more than just, let's say, COVID or God forbid, war or whatever it is. There is so much of our own trauma in the day-to-day. -day. You don't notice it pre-COVID. You probably didn't notice it pre-COVID because you were just living your life. But now that COVID rocked our world, majority of what we've been dealing with is ancestral. I have felt in my healings, like when I see clients, when we're working with trauma, I feel the presence of like, many ancestors, they stand, I do it like when I do intuitive work, they stand on a stage and they kind of hover over the client. And the, the whole energy is that they've been through it too. Like there's just, there's so much support right now in our past that they, they, they feel like it's a pivotal moment to help you recognize that there is so much love here and support that we can get through it, but we have to face it. We have to face them, right? We have to turn to them and face them and we have say, to remember. Yeah, zahor in Hebrew, it's remembering. But zahor in Hebrew is an the verb is an active. It's not a passive. Remembering is passive. Mm -hmm. it, from a from a kabbalistic perspective, memory is an activity. It's something you have to do, which is why, like on the death anniversary of a loved one, we light a candle to show, right that. Mm -hmm. I am actually going through the process of memory or 
giving charity or saying a prayer or talking about your loved one, that's an active defiance. So this is the defi uh, Dr. Franco talks about the defiant power of the human spirit to make a stand. And what you're saying in these moments of tragedy, he talks about turning tragedy into triumph. And yeah, we're going through COVID. But guess what, kid? You're alive. You've survived. You're resilient. Like, what about that message to counteract the, you know, what was me? I'm scared. I'm a victim. I'm afraid. That's okay. Feel your fears. And now realize the other side of that fear is triumph. Right. And, you know, I think it's about looking back at ancestral trauma. But as I say that word, it's also ancestral triumph. I think about my grandpa, Jack. I go to him in these times because he went through World War II. He fought in World War II. He was um, a few days after D-Day. He has a he had he died. He had a metal plate in his head from taking shrapnel. He liberated the concentration camp. I remember asking him if he was afraid, and he said, "Yes, of course I was afraid," and he did it anyways. Right. And that always he didn't go and tell me how courageous he was, but he did it. And right. I used to wear his helmet growing up and his jacket and play GI Jack. His name was Jack. Um, and I played G.I. Jack and I'd run around and I would be, you know, like him. But that's part of my wiring. And I can draw upon that when I think of Russia going into Ukraine or I think of bad things happening. Right. This man, this generation, maybe some of you embodied the resilience. And I'm the inheritor of that. Right. It's the wise and well ancestors. It's that we're, we all have trauma. We all have the stuff. We're all human. But like Grandpa Jack, like he took action, even though he was afraid. So it is about it's really about going back in time. And and there's you know, you can do a ritual around this. It's it is a horror. Remembering is an active it's an active um, idea of 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 doing ritual. I call it ritual around your wise and well ancestors. Yes, there were ruptures, but we in the Western, in our Western world, we, we don't do a great job of honoring and respecting our elders and our ancestors. Like think about um, in the Native American world and um, um, Mexican cultures, they are, they revere their ancestors. D um, Dios, uh, Dia, Dios de Muerta, the day of the dead. We did a whole talk on that, remember? A long time ago. Spanish is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> my Spanish is there. Day of the Dead. But my point is they do an excellent job of, of revering and respecting their elders because they know where they came from, right? You didn't just pop into the sky from the sky. The the challenge with our Western culture is that we we have we separate from our families. We don't commune with and honor our families, they have a lot of cultures have like a whole mantle full of, you know, people that have passed and they light candles and they do a whole ritual around it. We can learn from this because you came from those people that struggled, that, that survived, that surrendered, that they were in all these things that we're dealing with, but we separate ourselves. We don't exist. That's them, not us. And what it does is it breaks up relationships in, in this world today. If I, you know, my mom died three years ago and I wish I would have like really understood all these things when she was going through her cancer, because I feel like I was so caught up in the, you know, just the stuff of life at that point. But 
I wish there was more of an, an understanding or an honoring of our, our people, because I think relationships would be healthier and healed. Part of the challenge and back to generational healing is that we live in a culture, especially in the West, especially in America, that's so new focused. Everything's got to be new. Newer is better. I mean, just look at the gadgets. Oh, they got 60,000 of them right here. And newer is better. It is in regards to laptops, but it isn't in regards to ideas, in regards to kind of core values. And I see in the new age movement, which drives me nuts, which is people acting like it's their original idea. Because in the Kabbalistic tradition, you're supposed to cite the person whose idea was. And so you'll read in these mystical texts, so-and-so said in the name of so-and-so said in the name of so-and-so. Sometimes it becomes like, you know, crazy, like get to the point. But what they're trying to say is actually ancient is more powerful because it has a thread that goes through history. And if something is true, it was true. It is true. It will always be true. And it can't be new. A truth can't be new. It must be, now, maybe you, we haven't been able to see it, like science hadn't really discovered it. It was always there. So can we start looking for the truths that go beyond the moment, that anchor us backwards, that anchor us forwards? That's what we're talking about, because then you're rooted, right? Right. You are somebody's roots and you have roots. And then you don't feel so alone, novel, new, uh, in, you know, on your own when the shit hits the fan. And how do I get through this? You don't have to get through it because your ancestors did and your progeny will. You just play your part. Yeah, I love that. It reminds me of this idea that I do. And when I do intuitive work is that a lot of what a lot of the people, the ancestors that come up to help heal family, their family member, the person I'm working with, they are, as I said before, they are from long, long ago. And often we need to go back in time to help that person heal. You know, we are, we all die unhealed. You're not, we're, I hate that, but it is true. We're all going to die with things that we didn't get to do or that some, you know, that we're unhealed from. That's how we pass down these things. That's how the next generation learns. And so what happens in these sessions is the beauty, the most beautiful thing is that we hear stories like part of ritualizing and part of memory is to listen to the stories of your ancestors. You can do this in your own meditations. You can do this in your writing and journaling. You can do this in sessions where we listen to the stories of the ancestors and we hear the deathbed regrets and we go in and we help heal the ancestors. And what happens is that that ancestor then becomes one of your guides and helps you heal. You know, when you help somebody, they help you back. The, when you go, give to the universe, the universe gives back to you. When you honor and you respect and you help heal your ancestors, they want to be there for you because they are more freed up to then move things forward for you. So if you intuit that there's a wise and well ancestor, it can be your grandfather. It's my grandfather. There's others. But if you intuit, especially if you're dealing with one specific thing, right? If you have heart disease in your family and you intuit and you know that there's been generations of it, you can go to the source of the person who's, who kind of started the heart disease and you can figure out what are the emotions and energies behind it to help clear them, which helps clear you. So let's um, each do a couple stories, real life stories. I'll buy you some time to think about it. I'm going to do one of tragedy and triumph of redeeming ancestral trauma 
and healing it. And another one of drawing upon ancestral triumph. This is all off the cuff. So yeah. Give you some time. Um, tragedy is my great grandfather, Baruch, um, changed his name to Ben, came to this country and hid because it was not a safe time, literally, for a Jew when he was coming over as a merchant peddler and um, to make his way. So he assimilated as much as he could, endured a lot, didn't speak the language, had no money, scrapped. And in that process, he was resilient, except somebody paid a price. My grandfather he didn't get anything emotionally from his father. And he learned how to parent to father from his father and passed it down to my dad. My dad didn't get a lot from my grandfather, a good man who contributed mightily, but didn't give a lot of love and nurturing. My dad did give me a lot of love and nurturing at the best he could. And I've really tried to take that farther than my dad. And I can see a healing process. And I've always thought about that since I've had kids for the past 20 years, that I'm part of what called Kabbalah Tikkun. I'm part of a repair. And I used to, I don't think I ever judged my grandfather. My dad judged his grandfather, Baruch. He went through hell. I mean, the resilience he had to endure to survive in the early 1900s and as an immigrant to Jew in this country, I can't imagine. I don't know. I will never know. Um, so I can take his journey farther, right? It, my grandfather took it farther. My dad took it farther. I took it farther. My children, God willing, will take it farther. But there's a generational healing that I can feel I'm participating in. That's a healing. And then a triumph is a client of mine. Um, you know, less esoteric than Ariella's kind of work. Mine is just more into the memory and maybe it is esoteric. Maybe it's a spiritual thing, but it's also a psychological thing. My client was struggling with um, feeling like his parents didn't empower him to be fearless and he lived in fear. And I took him back in guided meditation many times to, okay, if we can go to a person that you could draw strength from, who would it be? And it was his grandmother. Her name was Dora. Grandma Dora was a source of strength. And he only knew her as a kid, but we went back in his memories and we sat with her and we talked to her. And, you know, I took him through this visualization process that, excuse me, Ariella does called the journey. And we really, um, she mentored him and she became a mentor. And now he sits with her in meditation when he needs to feel fearless. And Grandma Dora instills that because she lived it and now she still lives it. And I think generational triumph, right? Her example and her life continues to heal now this, this man. It's beautiful. Great stories. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's powerful work and it doesn't matter if you can't see or if, I mean, what you did was, is, was quite, it was deep. It was, it was deep heart work. That's the stuff that moves the energy and moves your client and yourself forward for your future generations. That's the healing. Um, I have two stories. One is that um, my father's father and many men, I think on my father's side, um, have died of heart attacks. Heart disease runs on his side of the family. And um, um, he, he, his, I've never really connected with, his father died way before I was born. And in my sessions that I do on myself, I never connect with him. I was, I've just kind of always felt like what the stories that I was told was that he was very racist. He was very sexist. He was a gambler. He, he was anti-Semitic too. I think he was anti-Semitic. You're the repair. I'm Jewish. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stories in there. But, um, you know, I've heard a lot of different things about him and and my dad has good stories as well, but there was a lot of stuff there. And so I've just always said like that side of the family, you stay away from. 
And what's happened in the last year, I mean, not to get too personal, as I've gone through perimenopause and menopausal things is that I've had heart palpitations and it's prompted me to go to cardiologists, et cetera. And what, what I've intuited now is that I need to connect to my, my grandfather. I don't know him, but he's come to me in my sessions with myself. And basically what he says to me is this, this is not yours, but this is in the genes. It's judgment. It's like what closes the heart down. What closes the heart down is hating the other is, is not in, it's not free flowing. It's not love. It's hatred of the other. And so there's gen, there's genetic and ancestral lines of racism and just hate and anger, mostly at themselves. And I've always wanted to stay away from that. But what he said was, you need to look at this. Not that I'm racist I'm all, and I'm also Jewish, so I'm not anti-Semitic, but I need to look at my own hate, hate towards, you know, whatever it is. And my own judgment towards myself, towards others, I needed to look in the mirror and say, he's still part of my family, even though it's not pretty and it's not something I'm proud of and I don't even know him, but he's still in my blood. And what do I need to do to help the next generations and myself to live more open-heartedly? So he has been a teacher and I've helped him free some of that. And he's been very grateful. So that is kind of like a more personal um, story. The other story that I have is a client from a long time ago that I had, um, had a, a daughter who passed away at a certain age. I think it was like five, six. And what came out was there's a line in um, her family that um, had five-year-olds pass away. All daughters, all at five years old. There was like a history of this. And what I saw in the healing was a Native American man that came to do this healing with this whole family. And what she said was that her family was Native American. And um, what I what I found in the healing was that there are there were rituals kind of like sacrificial, like long, long, long time ago that were rituals of, that have been passed down. And this and it wasn't a curse. It was more of a patterning of death that have occurred within these this lineage and so what we did was we healed some of those those patternings and and it it helped her understand her lineage it helped her understand the patterning and it freed her and this is the beautiful part of ancestral healing is that it helped her understand the patterning of maybe perhaps why her daughter died at that age but also what can she do about it, right? The answer is never, let's go backwards and stay there. The answer is, okay, now what do we do with it? And this helped her. She has four other children. And what? how does she parent in a way that frees her from this worry, from this fear? And how does this affect the rest of her children's children, right? So removing those patterns, those beliefs, those blocks, the patterns helps you know, move your energy and your children's and humanity's down the line to free up the patternings. Great stories. And, you know, just wrapping up, it helps us transform as another teacher of mine, Edith Eager says, from victim to survivor. The victim says, why me? And there's just no answer to that. And it doesn't mean you're wrong for being, we're all victimized. 
Uh, Edith says, however, we don't have to take a residence in being a victim, which is the victimhood. And we live in the victimhood. And we sit there for the rest of our lives saying, why me? Why did I inherit these genes or this trauma? What? And a survivor says, now what? Now what do I do with that? How do I exercise my agency, autonomy, power? What can I do to effectuate change to break the chain, to carry the fire, to play my part? Right. And that's, I think, the work that we're all here doing, the, a long chain that goes back to the beginning of time and God willing continues. And we are that link in the chain. Right. Yeah. Doing our yeah. part of healing and carrying and finding um, ways to do each of those. Really, when you say that, I think of the story about the acorn, you know, the, ac the, the tree, the oak tree starts as a little tiny acorn and, and it grows into this magnificent tree. But it starts as a little seed. And when we do the ancestral lineage, the generational healing, what we do is we free up all of those things that are really not ours, really our sole purpose, our sole reason for being here is to get rid of the debris, the stuff that we carry within us so we can be that little seed, so we can remember this is who we are. We are here for a specific reason. We are here because we were given some specific mission Everybody's is different. But if you're caught up in your traumas and your wounds and this belief and that belief, you're stuck in ancestral looping. You're in the loop. And so the goal is to be that mighty oak tree. But that and that is where you shine and that is where your soul shines. You are an individual. But we have to clear the debris in order to like remember what a mighty tree you are. And to remember that mighty tree that is you has deep roots. Like how I did that? That's good. Finished as we started. And <laughs> we encourage you to continue to explore those roots. Work with Ariella uh, many different ways, not the least of which is generational healing. And maybe we'll add to a generational triumph. Like it. And I will help you exercise the power of your defiant spirit to live with responsibility and responsibility, the ability to respond to whatever you're going through. Until the next time. Um, join us over at uh, Soul Center. Get everything we have to offer there. MySoulCenter.org. Shalom, salam. Namaste, everyone. Peace. You've been listening to the Soul Center podcast with your hosts, Ariella and Baruch Halevi. If you'd like to learn more about Soul Center, please visit MySoulCenter.org. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at MySoulCenter. And if you found meaning and inspiration in this podcast, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. We'd also love to hear from you to connect with you. So please reach out to us. And until then, we wish you shalom, salam, namaste, and peace.